This is Robert from Twin Peaks, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Got a light? It's 10.51. Today's the 7th, April 7th. There's a piece of information that just blipped my antenna that I... I meant to talk about earlier. I cannot believe I didn't talk about earlier. I woke up this morning from a... All I, I remember pieces of me being at uh, what feels like right now as I'm thinking about it, a meeting, some kind of meeting of sorts. And I'm getting images right now of beings that look like they're wearing masks, but I'm starting to think maybe they weren't wearing masks. Maybe they were creatures, possibly extraterrestrials. That's the last thing I remember before waking up. curious if maybe tonight I'll go back and revisit them when I'm sleeping to see what we were really talking about. I'm going to keep my phone very close by. So when I wake up this morning, I'm going to, um, I'm going to tell the story. So I'm putting that intention out there. It's 1.56 p.m. Today is... What do we got here? The 8th. April 8th, baby. Um, I'm walking little Sophie out here today. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. Beautiful sky. <laughs> and... Um, I'm going to teach you a little bit about, maybe you already know about this, but the Rife machine. Have you heard of Royal Rife? Royal Raymond Rife. Dr. Royal Raymond Rife. In 1933, he invented the universal telescope, which was made with prisms and quartz and could see up to 50,000 times more uh, than today's telescopes can. So as one can imagine, um, he was able to see the tiniest little microorganisms that uh, no one else actually knew existed except him. Can you imagine? It's uh, being that kind of explorer where you're learning all this really interesting information like this, seeing all kinds of things that no one else can see, you know, and they're like, well, you're crazy. There's no way that exists. And he's like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Uh, wouldn't that be interesting if he was the first one to ever, uh, ever discover the tardigrade? You know what the tardigrade is? People call it the water bear. Hold on a second. Let me... Hold on a second. Clean it up. Clean it up. You're in my pocket right now. I don't know if you can hear me. You're in my pocket right now. Hold on a second. We're almost done cleaning up this dog yeah, situation. 
And, um, nope. And, uh, so yeah, he invented this, this universal microscope. And, uh, he also invented what later became known as the Rife machine. Want to go around the block? And the, um, the Rife machine, what's great about this so he discovered that every, everything, every organism has a frequency. Uh, and this follows right along with how opera singers can break glasses with their voice. They basically, they sing to the same frequency that the, that the glass emits. So they first go, ching, you know, they do a little... They, you know, they get, they get the sound of it and then they match that vibration. So it's like when you get negative one plus one and it, and it washes it out, it's zero. So what's interesting is, um, they, they, they would do this to laboratory mice. I know those poor mice, but with the mice, With the mice, they would, and this really sucks, but they would inject the little the little fellers with um, different cells. You know, cancer, paramecium, uh, uh, herpes, hepatitis, all the all these different all these different things. And then he would play. He would find out the specific frequencies and document them. That would. What are you doing? You're eating the. What are you doing? You're eating the grass. Uh, and it would shatter these things. Now, of course, as one can imagine, uh, like all great, like all, all astounding inventions, like, for instance, the water-powered car, uh, it get, you know, it gets squashed and buried, and then, all, of course, Rife dies penniless, and just like Tesla. Um, that's why it's such a celebration when these geniuses make it through and they're actually in the headlines. Um because it means that they're you know they're, they, they haven't they haven't been um, compromised by the higher ups if you will by the man and um, Royal Rife uh, his uh, I believe his machine was destroyed but you can actually get Rife machines online there are there, there are great um, videos of of Rife um, talking about his microscope, talking about, you know, demonstrating the, um, demonstrating his machine. What's interesting, there is a modern, some modern uh, videos, oh, Lyme disease, I mean, anything you can imagine. There's a whole list of frequencies. So it's interesting because this fits right in line with the binaural beats. If you go on YouTube, you could see, find a whole bunch of these binaural beats. Now, I don't know how closely those relate to the Rife frequencies. Maybe they are the same thing and they're just renaming them. I don't know, but, uh, you know, calling them binaural beats instead of Rife, come here, instead of Rife frequencies. Uh, but what's interesting is to make a long story 
longer, I guess, is that uh, when I slept over at Mark and Tara's house, I slept on this air mattress and I woke up and my back was just like, oh, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did. And for some reason, I didn't think of uh, binaural beats or or rife frequencies right away. Now, I don't I don't personally have a rife machine. I'd love I'd love to get one. But the good news is, is that people out there have cared enough to put some of these rife frequencies onto YouTube. So today, this is so crazy. Today I went to go uh, bend down and pet my cat. Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. So I used EFT. That's a whole separate thing. Emotional freedom technique. That's a whole, that's a whole separate thing. So I used EFT yesterday. Um, and that helped out a lot with the pain. That helped out. Pain went away. Today, all right, today I, I was bending down to pet the cat. And um, my back went crunk. You know, it, it, it got funky again. So I thought, huh, I wonder if there are rife. Uh, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. It's okay. It's okay this way, this way. Um, so I looked online to see if there were rife frequencies for back pain. Sure enough, there were. So I got this really cool Bluetooth speaker that I, that it's, uh, it's waterproof. And I hang it in the shower and I can listen to music. Bam. Bamzo. So what I did was I put on a rife frequency to heal back pain. And it was so crazy because having this um, frequency echoing through there into the water while I was while I was in there was just fantastic. And my back pain went away. I couldn't believe it. Come here. Oh, yeah, there are, there are ones for immunity, um, to raise your immunity. There are ones that, um, you know, if you've got kidney issues, stomach issues, all kinds of stuff. Oh, Sophie, Sophie, come on. We're almost all the way home. Come on, come on. And uh, so, yeah, I'm here to say if you have some kind of issue, you know, depression, um, um, uh, a back, you know, your back hurts, you got a headache, your eyes are weird. The best thing would be to use headphones, most likely. Use headphones. Um, test it out. See what it does for you. As Tesla said, everything is vibrations and frequencies, which makes total sense. The whole world is just a bunch of vibrating molecules. So, so um, when you tune in, to those right frequencies, uh, magic things happen. And so, yeah, it, it, it worked. It worked really well. My back does not hurt. Check it out, R-I-F-E machine. Hey, it's Brado Man here. What is your first arcade game you played? cabinet you know upright or it could be like a, a tabletop but mostly a, a cabinet arcade what's the first one you played mine was uh, tempest battle zone pac-man galaga galaxian 
Dig Dug, Space Invaders, and I remember playing Asteroids. What are your first arcade game? Man behind the machine, oh my god, what an extraordinary question. You always ask the most insightful questions. Because what's so cool about this is that you ask me these questions, and, and yet these are also questions that those who are listening to this um, can relate to. You know, you're, you're helping me travel down memory lane. You're helping them travel down memory lane. And um, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for your contributions. I love getting your questions out there into the world. I... Oh, hmm. Okay. Do you remember Galaxy World? Remember Galaxy World? I grew up in Carroll Stream, Illinois. I think you grew up around there. Did you grow up in Wheaton? Um, I can't remember where Franco. I can't remember where Franco, uh, grew up. I think he went to. Sc- I think that's where my brother met him at 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 uh. Glenbard North High School. So I, I don't know if you guys lived in in Carroll Stream or Glendale Heights or whatnot, but there was Galaxy World over there on Gary Avenue, Gary and North Avenue. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out if that came first or Showbiz Pizza or. The 7-Eleven, hmm, boy, all those, all those that you, that you just, let's see, I'm trying to go through my memory banks here. All those that you, you said right there are just phenomenal. Okay, a few, a few pieces here. First of all, first of all, okay, I'm trying to go backwards here. I remember my parents would always tell us, don't go to Galaxy World. We'd go, hey, we want to go to Galaxy World. It's an arcade place. And they'd say, no, don't go up there. And they would always reference an article that they read in the, um, I don't know if they had the Examiner back then. I don't know if they were reading it, if if it was something that was in a Chicago Tribune or something. I don't know. But um, I remember there was something in there where there's some kind of trouble out in the parking lot or something. And so my parents would always be like, no, no, you can't go to Galaxy World. There's, it's, it's you know, a dangerous place and we don't want you going up there. And, um, we would, I feel, you know, I'm admitting this now, we would spend our allowance, you know, we would do our chores, mow the lawn, help out around the house. Um, and as a reward, you know, I think we got probably 25 cents or something each time we um, each time we, we did one of those, we did one of those chores. So we, we just imagine how long it would take for us to save up 10 bucks. And then we would secretly ride up there on the weekends and blow our $10 of allowance on video games at Galaxy World. I remember at Galaxy World, there was a really interesting Star Wars game that was, it was one of the earliest versions of a sort of three-dimensional game that I remember ever encountering. And it was fascinating. The whole thing 
was you were basically flying in the Death Star. You're in those, you know how like in Star Wars where it shows like, you know, and there's just like all those things to duck under and stuff. And it was very, I guess polygons is the right word. There, there was, the polygons were not filled in. It was just green. And um, it, that, that was just so much fun. I loved that one. I remember Dig Dug, uh, Galaga, the you know Mr. Do, Mr. What was it? Mr. Do's Castle, maybe. Uh, I loved. What was it called? Ro- not Road Runner. Uh, um, Road. Oh gosh, Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder. Yes, 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 yes. And that had a similar kind of game like Shinobi. I loved that game. I also loved a game called Empire City that took place back in the 50s during the mob time. And so all you had was like a target. And um, you'd be searching for the bad guys, for the mobsters up in the windows. And you'd go, bah, 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 you know, and you'd have like 10 seconds to like look for them up in the window and, cha, 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 and get them. Sometimes they had a damsel in distress that they were holding on to. And you're like, oh, gosh, that was really exciting. I love that one. I remember when, um, where did I first see Dragon's Lair? I can't remember if Dragon, uh, was Dragon's Lair at Galaxy World? It had to have been. And that was just such an intriguing game because it was the first time, it was so revolutionary because it was a cartoon. And you're going, how the heck does, how is this working here? The, the interesting thing was you had to match your movements up to what it was doing. And then Showbiz Pizza had a game called Space Ace, which was by the same makers of Dragon's Lair. And it's funny because when I, when I end up um, doing Kapow one year, two years ago, I end up meeting the voice of Space Ace. I mean, that's a whole side story. So that blew my mind. I'm like, wait. Uh, so I was like, oh, because I found out he did voiceover work. I said, you got a good voice. Have you ever done voiceover work? He's like, oh, yeah. I I did a couple of video games. I said, okay, well, what? Space Ace. Uh, I go, wait, wait, wait. Space Ace? Who did you play in Space Ace? I played Space Ace. Oh, my God. So that blew my mind. Um, God, Space Ace was great. Space Ace was kind of like a Shazam kind of premise. You're a little kid, and then you'd hit this button. I think you had to eat a pill or something. You hit the button, you go, and then you were a full-size man. I don't know if it just and it just gave like you were only that for a short time, or 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 you sh- shrunk back to a kid if you got shot or something. I I forgot. Um, God, oh man, I'm getting such a flood of oh, and then our local Seven Eleven. This was crazy because the local Seven Eleven had. And I loved the comic book rack. Oh, my God. 7-Eleven was like, oh, man. It felt like a toy store there. <laughs> Between the big gulps, the candy, the garbage pail kids, the hubba bubba. Oh, what was that? Big League Chew. Big League Chew was great. And uh, they had a game called Cliffhanger in the corner over there, which was another animated video game. And... Uh, What's crazy is that years down the line, years down the line, I'm talking like probably a decade, I ended up, my buddy, 
Ray Kim was a big fan of um, Japanese animation, and he um, we would watch the the animes that he had, and one of them was a, a movie called Castle of Cagliostro. And I saw I saw the uh, VHS box, and I remember saying, "Holy cow! I recognize this." I recognize these characters. Are these the guys that were in Cliffhanger? And sure enough, man, that's what happened. They took bits and pieces of Cliffhanger. They chopped up little bits and pieces, and they made it into the video game. Uh, they took pieces of Ca- Castle of Cagliostro, and they uh, Frankensteined it into a video game. Oh, my gosh. Those kinds of epiphanies in life where... Where a question of yours is answered without you realizing that it was a question, that stuff just blows my mind. That just blows my mind. Oh. Oh. God, you're getting me so excited thinking back to those days. Oh, man. Now it's the greatest thing, too, because I would, uh, I would, uh, it was so awesome, like, when you're able to put your name in there and, and then, you know, like, on the um, scoreboard. One of the things... One of the things that I couldn't understand was, like, how is my name still on the scoreboard? Like, are they just not unplugging the machines at night? Are they just leaving them plugged in or what? So, just just, just fascinating. So fascinating. Gosh. Just, just fascinating. Oh, man. You are getting me so excited thinking about thinking about those days. You know, and what's so interesting, too, and this is crazy, there was a game there. Oh, I loved, my brother loved Turbo Run. Oh, my God, he was so good at that. He, he was so good at that. I think that's one of the, you know, the cool thing with video games like that, where it, where it takes you through Japan, you're driving around through Florida, Miami, all these different places, and... You know, it's it's like being a um, a tourist, so to speak, without having to go there. You know, it's like the poor man's version of tourism. It's just great. <clears throat> Similar to uh, reading a National Ge- Geographic, I would assume, except you're you're in the driver's seat driving around. There's, I remember my cousin gave me her old Datsun. Datsun, I want to say it was called S10 or something. She gave me this old, rusty, white Datsun. It was rusty. The clutch was broken. And um, she goes, here, have have my old Datsun. As soon as you fix the clutch, there you go. It's yours. And I remember that that car just sat there for the longest time until my brother's friends, these two brothers, Matt and Jason, these guys were just wizards with cars. They loved fixing cars. And for free... Those guys put the clutch into that car in my driveway. Wow, you're just conjuring up so many memories here. And before before that car got fixed, my dad also had my uh, well, Dotson turned into Nissan, didn't they? So my dad had um, a red Nissan Sentra that was stick shift. So he was teaching me stick shift on there. He taught. He t- took me around a couple times to, to some open parking lots and some streets. 
and uh, got me to uh, got me to kind of learn how to how to do the clutch and the gas and all that jazz. And what really helped, I had this theory. <laughs> this is crazy. There was a game. Oh well, first of all, there were very few games that took two to- two quarters or two tokens. Very few. One was Dragon's Lair. And I believe this driving game that I did, I think that was two quarters at Galaxy World. And that driving game, oh, what was it called? It was not Turbo Run. It was a different one where you sat inside of it. Like Turbo Run, you sat in sort of a, a car, but it was like you were in a convertible. This one, it was, there was, you were like in it. <clears throat> and the cool thing about that game was that it had... It had a clutch on it. So I I taught myself stick shift on that video game. Thanks thanks to my dad. My dad started me off, you know, getting 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 acquainted with the real deal. And I thought, hmm, this is cool. You know, so like while I'm waiting for my 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 car to get fixed, let's let's do some let's do this. And so um that was just the coolest. That just felt so good to learn that. Oh, man. That was just... I felt so good about that. And, uh... I'm trying to think of what some of my other favorites were. I I just remember seeing Silver Spoons, watching Silver Spoons. This is the other thing that it's a, an interesting memory. Um, well... I just remember watching Silver Spoons and um, Ricky Schroeder's character had his own video games, cabinet games, and that was an unheard of thing. That was like, what? Like, you you just don't see that. Like, that was the first time that where you were like, whoa, like, these people are playing video games at home. And they had Dragon's Lair there. And I thought, oh, my God. And this was the interesting thing. When I was a little kid, my mom used to take me around auditions around Chicago. And so I was, that's how I ended up getting into the Blues Brothers and just a bunch of, I, I was mostly in like catalogs and on cereal boxes and ads in the newspapers and all kinds of different stuff. And, uh, oh, do you remember the Pixel, what was it called? Pixel 1000 or Pixel 2000 or something? It was a camcorder for kids. I believe it was, I, it, yeah, it was, it was basically made for kids and uh, you could record instead of instead of a VHS tape. It was a cassette tape, so you could record directly on a cassette tape. Well, I, me- I remember doing an, doing a um, a modeling shoot for that, and uh, they got me. I was on my skateboard, and so they took a lot of shots of me. And I was on the display. It was crazy to go on a Toys R Us, and uh, there I was. Another one was teasers. One called teasers, where you put this plastic thing in there. You go, but. Anyway, that's a whole side. That's a whole. That's a whole side note. But I remember this one audition. My mom took me on. I went in there, and um, and they're like, "Oh, sorry." This is one of the few times that my mom was not allowed to go into the audition room with me. They said, "Oh, sorry. You know, the moms have to wait out here." And I was just like, I, I just like I didn't like that. And I went into this room. And there were mothers in there with their kids. And they were all fawning over little Ricky. 
I didn't realize it at the time. It was Ricky Schroeder. And I recognized that kid from seeing him on TV. There's a PSA way back in the day. I don't know if you remember this, but it was a hockey. I remember he, it was like some hockey PSA thing. It wasn't about hockey, but I don't think. Um, but, it, but it was hockey, you know, related, so to speak. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's the kid. And all these ladies were like, oh, look at look how cute he is. And I think that it was a combination of things. Number one, I was jealous. Like, why aren't they fawning over me? Why aren't these ladies like, <laughs> tell me how cute I am? And then the other thing was, well, this is unfair. Where the hell's my mom? And I remember just storming out of there. I'm like, mom, let's go home. Let's go home. She ended up finding out later because she didn't know what the audition was for until later on. Apparently, that audition was for Silver Spoons. So once I learned that, you know, uh, after, <laughs> uh, and then we started watching the TV show throughout that whole time, I felt like I had a kinship with, well, I, I remember just having a grudge against Ricky Schroeder. I mean, but Hey, how, why, you know, I just remember sitting there thinking, Oh my God, if I was on silver spoons, I could be playing dragon's lair. <laughs> that was, I think that was the main, main reason why I was jealous. Cause he, <laughs> He, he was in such close proximity of Dragon's Lair all the time. And it was like, oh, you know, it's just like, oh, that could have been me on there. And then as a result, Jason Bateman got his start on there. And I kind of felt like a kinship with the kid. So I, I always love watching Jason, Jason Bateman work. And then years later, I ended up doing extra work. Once I moved out here, I ended up doing extra work for um, NYPD Blue. And at that point, Ricky Schroeder was on it. Little did I realize that one day I'd end up working on the same show as him. And Dennis, um, Fra Dennis France was on there. He was a fellow Chicagoan, too. So it was really... It's really, uh, really quite interesting, the way, the way that the universe works. You, you just never know how things are going to pan out. So... Gosh, thank you, man. You just activated, you just opened up an archive of information that I, I have not talked about in a, in a long time. All right. Wow. All right, man. Take care. <laughs> Take care. Stay inspired. Nine twenty three a.m. Saturday the 10th. In my dream, I just woke from a dream. I was going to a Columbia College function. I was going to meet old Columbia College friends. And I saw some of my old My old pals that I had gone to college with there, it was a reunion of sorts. And it was outside and some sort of this open area and there's a bright flash in the sky bright silver flash and it started 
raining down like all at once all of this silver like what comes to mind is colloidal silver like that liquid liquid silver fell from the sky and everybody got wet and so I was I called an Uber driver so so I could go back home but while I was walking down to the to the pickup spot apparently the pickup spot was like down the hill so I was going down this hill and I came across if I knew these people. I got the feeling that I knew these people, but maybe I didn't. But it was, I remember there was there's a um, there's a guy and a woman and I think I think they were on hallucinogens. They're very intimate with each other. And now I don't know if I was just seeing this as a ghost or if I was there and they just weren't, you know, could care less or other, whether I was there. Um, but I just remember her f playing with his face, just like pushing into his rubbery, like he had like rubbery eyeballs. And she's like, she was, um, sort of like massaging his face and I left um oh yeah I left because I'm looking at my app I'm trying to find where the how you know on the uber driver app you could see the little spot where the car is and I remember I was up kind of on this embankment it was almost like There's like a parking lot, and I, I was, and I see the. It's like the Uber driver's looking for me. They're in a blue, they're like in this little blue car. They're driving around, and I, and I see them, and they go, and they skid out, and I, and I go down this like little embankment thing, and there they are, and they just pulled into the spot. I said, sorry, we're late. Did you see that thing that happened in the sky? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I want to go home. I need to get a shower. And I remember I was supposed to meet, maybe it was at the Columbia College function, but I was supposed to, I almost feel like it was David Lynch. Um... I was supposed to meet David Lynch and I think and some other people. There's a woman named Vanessa. Oh, there's a woman who 
who I think was supposed to be China, China the wrestler, with shorter hair. guy there who, I don't know if it was my friend Mark Webb or if he just resembled him. Who else, who else? So, I think he was some, I get the vibe that maybe he was like some kind of awards thing or something. And Rather than going home, I just had them lay out what was going on with the two people. There were two Uber drivers, and the thing was, it was a seat like you see in the olden days. The olden days, uh, they would just have that one seat right in the front, like in station wagons. kept trying to make out with his friend who was his friend's like what the hell are you doing I think I got a feeling he was on drugs it is what it was like no wonder now it makes sense why the car is driving so erratic We were talking, they're like, oh, sorry. Oh, that's right, sorry we're late. There was this, that, that this like silver, like this silver came from the sky. So I'm backing it up here a little. They're like, oh, sorry, we were late. There was some silver cup coming from the sky or something. I'm like, yeah, I know. It was, it was crazy. That's, you know, that's why I want to go home. So anyway, they take me to this place. Oh, and meanwhile in my brain, I'm getting the idea that, like, I could kind of see... see like in my mind's eye that the people at this award ceremony or, or whatever this was it was a theater of some sort so I think someone was getting honored being honored for something so I went back into the th so I, I ended up meeting you know going to the theater sitting next to meeting up with David Lynch and the other people. Um, and again, I don't know if this is connected to Columbia College. The Columbia College event, I'm thinking maybe it was. Um, person sitting next to me was telling me about what happened to them. I'm getting the idea that this was apparently the next day or something or something. I don't know because the person next to me was saying or maybe it was that very same day. I don't know but the, the person next to me was telling me that they heard like 
person at the door or a knock at the door or something. And the... And the... Um, they would go to the door, it, but nothing was there. Like maybe they were visitors. Anyway, that's all I can remember this dream. Hey, Inspirato, it's man. What is your favorite earliest Christmas memory? I could tell you mine. 1979, getting the Atari 2600, playing the boxing game, uh, Pitfall, Frogger, and Pac-Man, and plugging the cartridge in to the 2600. I thought it was just the most amazing, magical thing. And then getting like the first flight simulator video game from a TV set, like those eight big 80s TVs. I figured it out, plugged it in the back. Wow, man behind the machine. You, you, oh my God. My voicemails on Anchor, for those of you listening, are filled with astounding tidbits, just like this with Man Behind the Machine. This is why I try to include at least one, if not two, possibly three, (laughs) of his uh, voice messages in each episode. Uh, And you can too, Uh, which I'll tell you how to do that right after I answer his question. My vintage Christmas memory, oh my God. That right, like I think what you just said right there, I was just getting flashbacks of of Pitfall, um, River Raid, Oh my gosh, I'm getting like excitement, these tingles, just thinking about these games, the excitement that came along with, um, wow, man, I'm feeling such feelings of emotion right now. Just like this, this joy, this, um, oh my God, man, dude, you just blasted me with, uh, whoa, man, you just unlocked, oh, wow, dude, I'm, I'm getting images, <clears throat> I'm getting images right now. I'm getting images of uh, my grandpa, of us, uh, of my uh, grandparents coming over to to our house and me playing (laughs) River Raid with grandpa. (laughs) And uh, I, I, you know, obviously I knew I was just a a, a whiz at this game. I knew I was a total wizard at this game because I played it so much. And, uh, I remember playing it with my grandpa and uh, I remember thinking, I don't want to beat grandpa. I want him to win. So (laughs) I remember, I remember, I remember intentionally (laughs) crashing, crashing into those rock walls or getting shot um, and, and, you know, getting exploded in areas that man, I was just a whiz at going through, and I remember, I remember, Grandpa, you're, you're really good at this game, and um, I think he was on to me. I think he knew that I was, uh, that I was intentionally doing that. I, I really want him to feel good 
I, were, I really <clears throat> wanted him to feel great about his first time playing this game. And, uh, oh my gosh, man. It was, oh, it was such a joyful memory. And I remember, too, talking with my cousin Kelly about Pitfall. She loved Pitfall. I loved Pitfall. And I don't know if she was joking with me. I don't know if she was, um, I don't know if she was pulling my leg or whatever, but I, 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 I could never get to the end of Pitfall. Um, I, I think, I thought there was an end, but, uh, it just kept going on and on. That's another great memory, jumping on the heads of the crocodiles and <laughs> trying to get... I really want to play these games now, um, which is great because they sell those systems. They sell those systems where, where it just has all these games on them. Uh, but I remember my cousin Kelly telling me that I think she said that she had won it. She actually got to the end. And I remember just being just astonished by that. I didn't know. I mean, I'd love to know. Did you get to the end of Pitfall? Um, I'm trying to think what other game. Oh, Berserk? Berserker? Yeah. Berserk or Berserker? Um, that one where, where like, what well, was... What the hell, dude? These con... Oh, my God, dude. These chemtrails are going crazy today, dude. Oh, my God, dude. There are more chemtrails in the sky. I just walked out now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Whoa, dude. Whoa, dude. What are in the chemtrails? I was so excited when lockdown first happened in 2020. When it first happened, there were no chemtrails in the sky. It was beautiful. There were blue skies, not hazy white, uh foggy skies oh my god these guys man someone up there knows if there are any psychics listening tell us what what motivates these chemtrail pilots to do what they do and what are in those chemicals uh this is quite crazy anyway berserker what was interesting the covers of um the covers of these <laughs> of these cartridges had the most awesome art on it. And so what I would do was I would carry that image of what I saw in the box into what was in the video game. You really had to use your imagination because, you know, they're just little pixels. They're just these little, these little digital pixels uh, uh, that are running around. And so Berserk... Uh, they, I think they were like mutated monsters or something. And you had to, fu- you had to shoot your way out of there. You had to get, I think you had to get, I don't, I don't think you had to shoot them all. I think you just had to survive and get into the middle. I loved combat. Combat was an awesome game because there, that was like, you know, 40 games in one, just different variations of, of the tanks going after each other. Um, airplanes. I forgot what the other one was. Wasn't there another one? Boats? Was there boats in there? I feel like it was all, it was like each thing in the military. Army, Air Force, Navy. Uh, I don't know if there's a Marines 
thing. But I remember the, I remember specifically tanks and airplanes. That was a lot of fun. That was a joy. Oh, man. And, of course, going over to my Aunt Evie's house. The family would go over to my Aunt Evie's house. Evie, which was interesting. Evie, E-V-E, Evelyn. But we called her Evie. The beginning of her name is Eve. And she was born on Christmas Eve. And so it was a combination of Christmas Eve that the family was spending together and also Aunt Evie's birthday. And I just remember how enjoyable that was and uh, the anticipation that came with what kind of... uh, Oh, and Evie would also give us each these huge Ziploc bags. It was the first time in my life I'd, I'd seen such big Ziploc bags and she would fill them with candy. She would make, you know, these wonderful cakes. She'd make the, uh, what do they call them? Like the nest? Like the, uh, I want to say like it was a kind of cookie that was like called a nest or something. It was made with like, like coconut dipped in chocolate, but then in the middle, like the eggs of the nest were peanut M&Ms. And, uh, You just, oh, you just unlocked, you just unlocked uh, a tidal wave of memories. They're still coming, but I'll stop it there. Thank you, man behind the machine. Wow, dude. You, you, wow. I I don't know when I, I would have talked about that otherwise. Thank you. Keep those questions coming. For anyone who wants to contribute to this podcast, you can... Go to anchor.fm slash projecto and there's a little thing on there that says voice message. You can actually leave me a voice message. You can also call the hotline 561-203-9179. Call it, leave a message on the voicemail, and I'll incorporate it right into the podcast. You can also email me any audio. If you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that I love the found sounds. In fact, there's some in this in this episode. Just this this just the found sounds that you hear out there in nature. The 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 peculiar um like for instance, here's one that I really like. This one, I just recently finally got a kettle. Check it out. Here we go. I've always loved I've always loved that sound. It's just such a fascinating like when you're doing dishes and you accidentally clink clink the thing and then you hear the That might be fun to slow down and to see what what kind of uh see if there's any sort of like language speaking through that through that water. Anyway, man behind the machine, wow, you are aces, my man. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for another trip down memory lane. And uh, may you have an extraordinary day.
It's incredible. My sister Jenny and I are watching her boyfriend's dog, Sophie. And uh, that was the first time I've ever heard her howl along with the sirens. This is actually an interesting, well, I'll say synchronicity, because I think I was telling you that when I hung out with my friend Mark and Tara, their dog, Zelda, is a chihuahua. And Sophie over here is part chihuahua. And they were telling me when I was over there that little Zelda will howl at the sirens sometimes. And I said, why do you suppose dogs do that? And I said, I have a feeling that maybe it's, I don't know if this, you know, this is just hypothesis, but I'm wondering if maybe it has to do with the, um, you know, because apparently all dogs have come from coyotes, wolves. So it's possible that that, that that, they're, you know, activating that, that innate vibe in their blood to go how you know, to howl along with the pack. So maybe, maybe the fire engine or the police car or yeah, that was a fire engine, I think, right? Um, sounds like a howl. Maybe that's why they do it. And so we were talking about that a few days ago, you know, about their dog doing it. And now I get to experience it. Wow. So intriguing. It's Superhero, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto.